Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Wednesday edition of the show. Glad to be with you. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. It's game day. Indiana officially, I guess we say, reopens Big Ten play as they hit the road tonight at Nebraska. And the way I see this, as we discussed some yesterday on the show, this is a very necessary game for Indiana to win because there are some challenges coming up the way this Big Ten schedule unfolds to start the new year. So an opportunity for Indiana to get a win tonight. A Nebraska team that, boy, they shoot a lot of three-pointers. They are not very effective, not very efficient from two-point range. So we probably know what tonight's game will come down to. But uh, a big one for Indiana. And looking forward to settling in here now that we're through the holidays and checking out a lot of Big Ten basketball here in these first few weeks of the month of January, but I don't think there's any way you can cut it or look at it tonight and not think that Indiana, despite it being a road game and road games are tough in the Big Ten, uh, I don't think there's any way you can cut it that this isn't a a game that Indiana really needs to pick up on the road tonight for multiple reasons. Um, Nine o'clock start, Big Ten Network, Indiana's 10 and three, Nebraska 11 and two, and one and one in conference play. Of course, the Hoosiers are two and zero. They enter this new year with a small advantage in the Big Ten standings, at least to start. But what it would be for this team to jump out three and zero in conference play would be absolutely huge. Uh, let's look at the show lineup today: a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one. Here in just a few moments are Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. A little bit later in the show, we're going to be joined by Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. We'll get ready for this IU-Nebraska game tonight and uh, generally just talk some IU hoops. Mackenzie Mbako named the Big Ten Freshman of the Week with his good performance against Kennesaw State. So we'll talk about that as well and plenty of other stuff with Dustin when he's with us a little bit later today. Also, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, checks in for a Wednesday chat on high school hoops as we get ready for a couple things, but namely the big New Albany-Jeffersonville rivalry game on Friday night, which we will broadcast here on the Big X with pregame coverage beginning at 7.10 p.m. on Friday night. Also last night in high school basketball, Providence went on the road for a big Tuesday night road trip to Southwestern Hanover. 
and the Pioneers look really good. So we'll talk about that some today coming up a little bit later in the show. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Check out Honey Baked Ham today. They've got great sandwiches, soups, and salads that are made fresh daily, and they will surely satisfy any craving you have. You might even find something to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can sound off. It's your way to get involved with the program. We love to hear from you. How are you feeling about Indiana's game tonight at Nebraska? Do you agree that given some of the other challenges here pretty early in this new year for the Hoosiers, that this is a, I don't want to say a must-win game in early January, but an important game to go ahead and nab and improve to 3-0 in conference play. Love to hear from you. Love to hear your opinion. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. If you're looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's and send us a text on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. A couple interesting notes here to begin the show. Let's talk about IU and Nebraska as we get into our Hoosier headlines here in this opening segment. I mentioned it's a late night game, 9 o'clock. I don't know what your opinion is, but with my schedule, 9 o'clock games are good as far as having a chance to watch the whole thing live in its entirety. Uh, but 9 o'clock is a late start. You're going to have 11 o'clock, 11.30 or so, uh, maybe a little earlier than that, but definitely an 11 o'clock bedtime if, if you've got to get up early the next morning, which can be a tough turnaround. But uh, let's let's look into this uh, game tonight. Um, I know that Nebraska, one of their key players, I believe his first name is pronounced Rink and his last name Mast, he re- recently underwent a knee procedure, sounded to be fairly minor. He is expected back early in January, but will he be back tonight for this game against Indiana? That's a key for Nebraska. On the flip side of that, Kellel Ware missed Friday's game against Kennesaw State. We found out, I think, really just before tip-off, and I think the coaching staff had just found out a few hours before that that he had COVID-19. You know, COVID is still lingering around. In fact, it seems like it's on a real uptick here in southern Indiana. But a lot of times it's confused these days with a simple cold or a mild case of the flu or a 24-hour type virus. So um, when you hear something like that, then you wonder, is it spreading across the team? Will other players be out tonight that maybe were healthy at the time of the game on Friday? But big question tonight for IU is, will Ware be back? He's been such an integral part and really a consistent part of this IU roster so far this season. So uh, that's a key for Indiana. I don't think any question about it, what the health of Kellel Ware is for the game tonight. Uh, Nebraska, a pretty balanced team when it comes to their offensive attack. They have four players averaging between 12.7 and 13.7 points per game. Bryce Williams, 
a transfer from Charlotte. He actually leads the Huskers in scoring, shoots about 35% on three-point shots, 88% from the free throw line, uh, six-foot-seven wing. I think, and I'm reading this from InsideTheHall.com, but I would agree with what Alex wrote. Uh, Bryce Williams may not be a household name to Indiana fans, but if you've followed Big Ten teams and Nebraska in the non-conference portion of their season, you would probably rate him as one of the top transfer portal additions uh, of Big Ten Conference teams. Uh, definitely he's been good for Nebraska so far this season. Another name, a transfer from Alabama, his name is Jawan Gary. He's second in the team scoring at 13.3 points per game. He missed the second half last season uh, due to a shoulder injury, and then I think he missed some games earlier in the year for Nebraska because he was suspended, but he has started the last four games 37.1% shooter from three-point range. He also averages just about seven rebounds uh, as the second leading rebounder on the team uh, for Nebraska as well. And then the guy I mentioned, Rink Mask, who's questionable for tonight. He's Nebraska's third leading scorer, uh, averaging 13 points right on the nose per game and just about 10 rebounds a game. So a double-double guy for Nebraska, and his status uh, has been listed as early January by fifth-year Nebraska coach Fred Hoiberg. So uh, sounds like he could be back tonight, early January, January 3rd. Uh, sounds like he could also not be back tonight. Early January could be the next game for Nebraska. Uh, but will be interesting to see a double-double guy like that if he's available tonight. So um, interesting game. Um, I think if Mast is available, this game is really close and tight all the way through. If he's not, that could be the difference for Indiana. But at the end of the day, it's a Big Ten Conference road game at Nebraska. And I know that the Huskers are not known for their um, amazing game day traditions or or crowds or anything like that. But I'm telling you, Big Ten road games are tough to win. And I think a lot of this will come down to three-point shooting because Indiana has struggled so much this season. Can they hit a few? Can they hit a handful? Uh, Nebraska, at times, has been pretty good shooting the long ball. At other times, they haven't. They do shoot a lot of threes, though. So I think that that will play some pivotal role in tonight's uh, January 2024 opener for the Hoosiers. A couple other notes. Uh, I mentioned this earlier, Indiana freshman Mackenzie Mbaco. He was named Big Ten Freshman of the Week. He had 14 points in 14 minutes against Kennesaw State on December 29th. He was four of five from three-point range. I'll be really interested to see if Mbaco can uh, not go four for five tonight, but can he shoot it reasonably well from long range tonight against Nebraska. He was also five of seven overall from the field, uh, six rebounds, three assists. That is a very, very solid 14 minutes of play, 14 points, four or five from three, five of seven from the field, six rebounds, three assists. That my friends is getting a lot done. That is a five-star uh, recruit performance. Uh, no question about that. So can he continue that type of momentum for Indiana, um, and it will be needed tonight uh, at Nebraska. It will be needed uh, as Big Ten Conference play resumes here for this team tonight. One other local headline I want to mention here in the opening segment, Providence last night playing up in Hanover in a big Tuesday night game. And I tell you what, Providence and Southwestern has been just a terrific matchup the last few seasons. They started playing in the regular season after the sectional was realigned 
and Providence was in that 2A sectional. Uh, but really, Providence has dominated the matchup. While there have been some fantastic games between the two really solid programs, Providence has uh, been able to uh, handle Southwestern just about every time that they've played. And Providence last night got off to a tremendous start and able to get a nice Tuesday road win at Southwestern, 55-42. Providence led 10-8 to at the end of the first period, and they extended that lead by outscoring South. Southwestern 15 to 4 in the second quarter. Providence had a 25 to 12 halftime lead. That created the margin, the distance necessary, and Providence able to keep it about steady in the second half for that 55-42 win. Good balance last night from Providence once again, but Noah Lovin, uh, he led the way with 17 points. Next in line, Quentin Hesse, who I really liked uh, what he did in that championship game, both scoring, shooting, and away from the ball for Providence. He had nine points, uh, a handful of others right below him in the scoring column. Providence now 9-1 and one on the season, coming off that big Silver Creek Holiday Tournament championship win uh, last week uh, at the House of the Dragons and beating a good Southwestern team. Southwestern was 10-1 and one, headed into the game last night. They are now 10-2 and on the season, and boy, I think ahead to postseason basketball and that sectional that Providence is in, while Brownstown is the big favorite, Providence, they're going to really slow it down against Brownstown. They're going to beat them down with defense. Uh, No question that that's going to be a good sectional, a competitive field in that sectional. Southwestern would be in the mix there behind Brownstown and obviously behind Providence as well. But that is a really good sectional with Brownstown being, at this point, the clear favorite. But I would not put anything past Coach Ryan Miller and this Providence team. I can tell you they'll be ready for a rematch if and when it happens uh, for the 2A sectional 46 matchup this year. But an outstanding Tuesday night game, which really helps set the table for a fun contest coming up on Friday. New Albany hosting Jeffersonville. The Bulldogs 7-2 on the season. New Albany has reeled off a number of wins in a row going back to December 8th when they defeated rival Floyd Central. Five wins in a row now, including a really good 69-67 overtime win for New Albany last week over the holidays in overtime. It was a terrific game. New Albany able to, I thought they were beat in regulation, able to tie it up and then to finish the overtime strong for the victory over a a solid Seymour team. No question about it. Jeffersonville, you look at the record, you think, oh, New Albany's the big favorite in this game. Uh, That's not how I feel. Jeffersonville 6-5. I do think it has the potential to be a really good uh, close rivalry game, as we all hope, I think. Uh, but Jeffersonville, loads of talent. And if and when they put it together, and there have been some stretches, maybe they've been small stretches uh, that they've been able to put it together, but if they're able to do it consistently, this Jeffersonville team is the best in the Hoosier Hills Conference. They're the best in 4A basketball in our area. Obviously, the front runner in the Seymour sectional, even with a 6-5 and five record. So that tells you this talent that Jeffersonville has. And the crazy thing is, what, four of the five starters uh, are, are underclassmen or juniors that will be back next season. So if and when, and I think it's a matter of when they figure it out, this Jeffersonville team is dangerous. They've showed moments of that in small pieces, I think, this season. Uh, but we'll see which Jeffersonville team we get, what they figured out when the rivalry game tips off Friday night at the doghouse. I saw that Jeffersonville selling tickets. I believe New Albany has some pre-sale opportunities as well. 
uh, hoping for a sellout. I don't know that we'll get there. A lot like that new Albany Floyd Central game back in early December. Always hope that one sells out as well. We haven't seen as many sellouts since the Romeo Langford days, but we continue to see really good crowds, especially for these rivalry games. So I think the doghouse will be rocking on Saturday, but maybe we can get a little push here and get a sellout for uh, this rivalry game, which I hope that people understand. I, I ran into a new Albany player. He just was a junior varsity guy at Chick-fil-A the other day, but I hope talking with these young guys that they understand how important uh, that rivalry is, not just locally, not just what it means to the students at New Albany or the students at Jeff, but what tradition and history uh, that game has across the state of Indiana. And this young man seemed to get it, uh, which is which is encouraging, uh, but it is a meaningful, meaningful game across the state that is definitely one of the top, I'll say top three, top five rivalries uh, in Indiana high school basketball. And that, that's from a historical perspective and, and even a modern perspective. I mean, a lot of people, I was telling this young player at New Albany the other day, you know, a lot of, a lot of schools, they, they no longer have season tickets or season ticket holders, and they don't have the general fan interest uh, that schools like New Albany especially, with their season ticket holders and that great crowd, although it's an aging crowd, it's a great crowd that has been there for many, many years. A lot of schools, even some local, they don't have that, and that is very special and obviously a big part of this rivalry series. There is no question about that. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Looking at the text line, somebody sent a story in from last night that the Grambling women in college basketball beat the College of Biblical Studies 159-18. to I guess it was on Tuesday night. So, Wow, what a lopsided score. I don't know much about Grambling in the women's program, uh, but obviously a school that's been around for a long time with a solid athletic program, College of Biblical Studies. I know nothing about them or what classification they're in or any of their history, but wow, 159-18. to I have not seen a score like that in uh, college basketball for some time. That is a crazy result. Thanks for sending that in. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll take your text as well. Love to get opinions, thoughts on IU at Nebraska tonight, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. We're headed to a quick break. We're back with Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. We'll break down IU Nebraska and talk about the start, or I guess the restart is the right way to say it, of this Big Ten Conference season after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Wednesday edition of the program, Indiana and Nebraska at 9 p.m. tip-off tonight on the Big Ten Network. 
We'll have the IU Network broadcast of the game with the legendary Don Fisher on the call. Pre-game coverage begins at 8. That is a great way to hear from Coach Woodson on the starting lineup and maybe the latest on the health of Kellel Ware and if he is over his bout with COVID, which kept him out of the Friday game against Kennesaw State. Also, an update to our last segment, uh, see Nebraska, the latest I can find, saying that uh, Rink, the uh, star Nebraska, or not star, but the third leading scorer for Nebraska, key player for them, is a game-time decision and that he practiced with some contact uh, yesterday. So, uh, again, that could be a big point in this game tonight. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star is our guest. The Thornton's text line is open if you have questions or comments or thoughts on tonight's game, 502-414-1450. Dustin, it sounds to me like a lot of this uh, 2024 opener for the Hoosiers could come down to who's available for both teams. Yeah, no, absolutely. When you're, you're, you're laying it out that way, talking about the bigs, it's really important. Uh, for each of those teams uh, to get you know, those guys available. I mean, certainly well, where has been, uh, all in all, I think, uh, Indiana's best player. Um, you know, I, I think you could obviously make an argument from the league for new, but uh, otherwise he's been, you know, where he's certainly been right there might be the most talented guy, the guy that, um, you know, really stands out and gives you, I guess, a bit of a trump card just with the combination of the size uh, and the skill and the occasional outside shooting ability. Um, and then obviously on the flip side of that, um, you said it's Mass who's going to, or Mass is going to be right, right? 6'10", 248. That's a big guy. Um, and, you know, it's having a, a pretty good year. Not a guy that I'd heard of before this season, um, which doesn't mean, you know, he, he hasn't been much. Obviously, I haven't been as uh, focused in on Nebraska as I've been covering the Pacers, but, you know, he's got pretty good looking numbers here 13 points a game, uh, 9.9 rebounds, shooting at a 46% clip. You'd, you'd want better from that than, than a, you know, for a 6'10 guy, but does shoot from outside a little bit, 12 to 36. Uh, 27 to 31 in line. This is a guy that can play. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a huge difference. If either one of these teams is missing their big man, uh, it changes the dynamic considerably. Dustin Dopirak, uh, Indianapolis star. My guest talking IU Nebraska. Dustin, I'm having a little bit of problem hearing you. I don't know if it's on Sorry. our end or if you're using a, a Bluetooth piece, but uh, we'll we'll try to see if we can get a better connection here. Uh, more on tonight's game from an Indiana perspective. Dustin, they're 2-0 and in conference play thanks to winning the two early games uh, in the Big Ten, that the earlier games added here the last few years to the schedule. A chance to go on the road tonight. I know Nebraska, it sounds like pregame comments from Co- Coach Hoiberg mentioned they've had this game circled on their calendar, and it sounds like the Huskers will come out with intensity, as you would expect. But when you look at this early schedule for Indiana and how the Big Ten lays out here in the new year for the Hoosiers, I think this is an important game to try to win and move to 3-0 and early on with what's ahead. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you, you, it, it gets – it's the Big Ten, so it's never easy. Uh, there, there's, no, there's nothing that's ever easy. But when you, you come out to this, you've got Ohio State, you've got Rutgers, uh, you know, Minnesota, and you're, you've got Purdue in a couple of weeks already, uh, you know, coming into Bloomington, certainly a team that's, that's uh, you know, number one at the moment. So, yeah, it, it is – I mean, it's, first off, it's always like this. I mean, like, and, and this, I think, is a team that, uh, you can kind of look, look forward and say, you know, this is probably, uh, a group that's going to be a, a borderline tournament team. It's not necessarily a team that you look at, uh, as a title contender, or as a Big Ten title contender, uh, but it is 2-0. And, you know, you want to get just as many of these wins as you can, stack them up as, as much as you can, so you have, uh, some leeway, some room. Uh, you know, for error somewhere in the distance here. But I mean, you're looking at, um, you know, an eight and four Rutgers team coming up, uh, an 11 and two Ohio State coming up, 
uh, obviously thirteen and one Purdue, you know, and you know, it, and you're but you're dealing with a Nebraska team that's no joke out of the gate. I mean, those guys are eleven and two. You're not used to, um, and, and and they've got some real wins. I mean, they beat Michigan State. They beat uh, they beat a, a pretty good Kansas State team that's got a win over Villanova. I mean, like that that these are some games that matter. Uh, you know, right out of the gate. So anything that they can add on uh, to two and zero is, is a huge deal. Any wins that you can check up, check, you know, just if because you want to get over five hundred. I mean, that's the important thing. Is is at the end of the day, if you want to be a tournament team, you want to be over five hundred in conference. Uh, so you've got two of those wins already. You want to get to you know ten or eleven at least uh, to be safe getting in. So the more that you can stack up on the early part of the schedule, the better off you are. Dustin Dopierak, Indianapolis Star. We're previewing IU and Nebraska tonight. I don't know how much you've kept up with it as you're on the Pacers beat, and I know that's your focus. But this Nebraska team, Dustin, they shoot a lot of three pointers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's, let me look at the stats. What like while I got them pulled up, uh, I know. I mean, they've got a bunch of guys that have hit at least ten. Uh, you know, they've got several guys in this group. You know, early on, especially the big guys uh, that can shoot from outside. So what are they? Three. They're. Uh, uh, 115 made an attempt to what 115 in you know what 13 games. I'm not, that that's how many they've made. So they've taken 350. Uh, yeah, so that's that's a perfect number uh, in a, in a short amount of time. Um, so yeah, eight, like averaging averaging 8.8 is a big number. Um, so yeah, and the fact that they've got bigger guys that can shoot it, uh, you know, makes them I think difficult to deal with. You look at it, some of their guys are bigger wings, um, and even I think Masses hit a bunch. I like Masses hit like 12 of them. So, you know, like they've got guys across the board that hit shots, and that makes you tough to defend. If you've got, uh, you know, big guys, you know, bigger forwards uh, and fives who can hit it. I know Komenaga's guy has been able to shoot it for years. Uh, but, yeah, each of their, you know, top five guys have at least uh, 10 threes. They've got six guys that have hit at least 10 so far this year. Uh, they're at, you know, 32.9% isn't a great figure, but they're also defending the three really well, holding other teams to 281. Um, so, yeah, no, they, 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 they take a lot of them, and they make a good bit. Dustin Dopirak, Indianapolis Star, with us. Uh, Dustin, the Big Ten this year, is it maybe not as good as what it typically is, or is it maybe not as good as what some folks thought it might be in the offseason heading into this year? It seems if you look at some non-conference results, I know Purdue has been at the top of the country, really, when it comes to the rankings and some big moments in college basketball so far this season. But across the board, there definitely have been some disappointments and some questionable moments for the conference so far. What's your take on things as we get back into conference play here in the new year? Yeah, I mean, I don't think, you know, obviously, like, like you mentioned, I mean, there, uh, there have been some, um, some brutal losses in there. Obviously, Michigan State had a, had a tough start. Uh, and they're eight and five, and obviously you've got a loss to James Madison in there. You've got two Big Ten losses in there. Uh, you know, I think it, it certainly stands out when a brand name like Michigan doesn't start well. Uh, and I, I think that, uh, you know, makes everybody ask a lot of questions when you have a team like that. Uh, you know, losing to McNeese, uh, you know, that's not supposed to happen, basically. Uh, you know, and they've lost to Florida and Oregon and Texas Tech, and, and, and they've gotten you know, handled by somebody who's lost to Long Beach State. You know, it that that makes it worse when you're used to seeing Michigan win. And Michigan's been, you know, done really well, um, you know, really over the last, what, 10, 15 years. You know, obviously Michigan's got a lot of history going back, uh, you know, but but especially recently in the Beeline and Howard eras, they've been, you know, one of the top programs in the league. And them starting 6-7, and seven, you know, and, and being as visible as they are makes everything look a lot worse. When Michigan State loses a couple, that looks a lot worse. So when you have two brand-name basketball programs, uh, that struggle like that and lose a couple they're not supposed to lose it makes everything else look worse. But I do think you look at the top, what is the top of the league? Um, 
you know, I mean, it, it still, you know, has a chance uh, to, end up, to end up with a pretty good year. I mean, you've got, you know, how many teams? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, uh, that head, head into uh, January with double digit wins. You know, and that's not, it, it, that doesn't assure you of anything, but it's like, okay, like, like there's, I don't know that you need uh, a lot of doom and gloom there. Uh, you know, that there is a chance that some of those, you know, teams that you might not have expected to be pretty good end up being pretty good. I mean, a Northwestern, I think, is a team that stands out to me uh, that, that certainly might be capable of doing better than better at doing more. Obviously, the, the news over, uh, you know, the holidays with Karen Shannon being, um, uh, charged with rape is not, uh, good for Illinois chances. You know, that certainly puts them, uh, in a significantly weaker position, obviously, to say nothing of the, you know, uh, the charges being leveled. Um, you know, that, that certainly shakes up the league, you know, tremendously and puts a team that I think have been playing pretty well, uh, and done some good things early in a much weaker position. And, you know, that obviously certainly changes things for the league. But as you mentioned also, I mean, there, there is a chance that maybe this is a, little, a bad top to bottom year for the league and they have the best, you know, individual team in a long time. Um, you know, if Purdue, um, if, if Purdue ends up running the table, if Purdue has fixed all the problems that have led to its early tournament exits and ends up winning the thing, well, no one's going to remember that the Big Ten was uh, shaky the rest of the way um, if they take it further than some other teams have. Um, so I, I think, you know, it, you, you could obviously look at some um, some black eyes for the league so far, you know, or some, you know, just teams that, that again, are brand names that are not supposed to be this bad. Uh, but there are probably, I think there are also some teams that have a chance to be surprises uh, and go further than they were expecting. That, that might end up evening things out. Dustin Doperak, Indianapolis Star, IU Nebraska tonight, 9 o'clock on the Big Ten Network. Uh, we got to talk about your beat for just a second. I think you and I have talked more Pacers basketball the last couple months than we have probably ever on this show because of the in-season tournament championship game appearance and Tyrese Halliburton specifically. He is just having a monster year. Dustin, some of these games, 20-plus assists, uh, also scoring a lot of points as well. This guy is on to something. He is cementing himself as a key cog, uh, not just for the Pacers, but in the NBA right now. Yeah, no, I mean, he's making a case for first for – he's certainly making a case for all NBA. I mean, I think there are – discussions about whether or not um you know he can be an mvp candidate but i mean i think you know he's got a good chance of starting in the all-star game um which would be a big deal i think uh you know obviously it, it being uh in indianapolis that would be a major major deal if, if halliburton's named starter uh and he's playing that well he's getting playing at that caliber and there's certainly gonna be guys um that you can make another another case for but uh you know he had he, he did struggle after the in-season tournament I'll, obviously, i've been out the last three games we went to a, my wife and i went to a wedding in mexico so i'm catching up uh on his last three games i've been re-watching the tape since i've been back uh, but i just went through the bulls tape and man there's just some special plays in there um and just i, I mean he he just he, he did struggle with just with the amount of attention uh, that he got coming off the tournament, he was just facing a whole lot of you know ball screen blitzes, double teams, that kind of thing. Just teams trying to take the ball out of his hand, um, and he's found different ways of dealing with that. And the Pacers have found different ways of dealing with that. I mean, he's getting a, a, you know teammates involved first and letting the game open up for him. Um, and he's got you know just a combination of, of great finishing ability, um, you know, a kind of uh, unconventional way of getting to the rim, but he really uses those long, his long arms that he's got. Like it's not necessarily blistering speed, uh, but he's able to maneuver really well through space despite being a really, you know, long limb kind of guy, but he kind of, he'll kind of keep the ball up above the ground and, and make some moves up that way, you know, get to the rim and finish. And, and that's it. And that combined with his ability to shoot. I mean, he can, he can hit him from 35 in, 
you know, like reasonably uh, with with some level of uh, you know consistency, even though he's got a push shot. You know, like it, it is something that basically he constructed from being a, a really kind of weak armed kid. I mean, you can see him now still. He's skinny, uh, you know, compared to other players in the NBA. He's, he doesn't have that kind of muscle. Um, but, you know, he was one of those kids. I mean, you, you, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've coached him. Uh, and I was one of them that had to shoot from the hip. And he figured out a way to kind of move that up. Um, and kind of keep similar mechanics, um, but he actually ends up getting more distance, uh, which is pretty a, a, a wild sort of progression. But he, he's knocking down these threes. He's he's distributing really well, and it's this really unconventional game. But it's just been you know unbelievable his way of of, of creating pace, of playing faster, um, and and creating an offense that could move. It just it it just an absolute blank. Um, is it's it's incredible. It is really something to watch. And if you, you know, you know, forever listeners that can get up to a Pacers game just for the entertainment value. If you like to see high speed basketball, I mean, Halliburton makes it work, and he's really putting them in a phenomenal position. He makes big time clutch shots, big time clutch plays, and that's just what really what appears to have happened in this, these last three uh, that got them right. I mean, they went through a stretch where they lost six out of seven. Went on the road and then and have won four straight now. Beat Houston, Chicago, and some really I think nice looking wins. You know, beating the Knicks at home and then the Bucks on the road. Um, those games are going to matter. They put themselves in their position. Or basically, like right now, it's a coin flip between four and eight. I think there's uh, one, maybe one and a half games separating fourth and eighth place, and the Pacers are right there at sixth. But I think they're only a half game back of fourth and a half game up of eighth. Uh, but that puts them in playoff position. I think they're very competitive with those group, with those teams. You know, uh, Cleveland, the Knicks, Orlando, uh, Miami are all kind of in a pack, and, and the Pacers are right there with them. Um, so yeah, it's been it's they, they've done a really good job of getting off the canvas. They, they lost some momentum after the season tournament, but can't they kind of uh, went and got right uh, and seemed to have you know rediscovered kind of who they were going into the tournament. Dustin Dopierak, the Indianapolis Star, with us Wednesdays. We talk IU, Pacers, and more. Dustin, enjoy Halliburton and the Pacers. We'll talk again next week. Sounds good. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you very much, Dustin Dopierak, with us here on this Wednesday show. couple notes to pass along. Uh, IU just sending out a little earlier in the hour a release that says the IU women's basketball home game on February 22nd against Iowa is now officially sold out. The second sellout in the last two seasons for the IU women's program. I think it was the IU-Purdue game last February that was sold out uh, the last time around for this Indiana team. Of course, Caitlin Clark at Iowa, uh, they're going to fill up a lot of places. She had a big three-pointer, I think, to tie it, and then another three-pointer, if that wasn't enough, to win it at the buzzer last night as... Iowa beat, gosh, I can't remember if it was Michigan maybe. Uh, so she's been on Sports Center all morning long with that highlight for sure. Uh, but definitely, uh, Caitlin Clark and Iowa, they're going to be a fun matchup for the IU women's team this season uh, when they connect. And uh, somebody sent this along uh, January 3rd, 2019. This is one of those on this date deals uh, from John Decker, who's a guy I've known forever that works for uh, IU in the communications, uh, athletic communications department. Uh, he says, uh, or tweeted, Romeo Langford on this date scored an IU career high 28 points uh, on 8 of 13 shooting to lift number 21 Indiana 
to a 73-65 win over Illinois to improve to 12-2 overall and 3-0 in the Big Ten Conference. Again, that is on this date, January 3rd, back in 2019. So a couple tidbits to pass along, but good news on the IU women's game uh, that that is a sellout, and that it honestly is no surprise at all. Uh, that'd be a fun game to be at. Mackenzie Holmes, Indiana, uh, Caitlin Clark, Iowa, two very, very quality uh, women's college basketball teams this season. We'll head to a break. We're back with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. We'll talk local sports. We'll get into Providence's victory last night and at the Silver Creek Holiday Tournament last week. They're on a really nice streak right now, and they've got a big week ahead as well with Indianapolis Cathedral coming to town on Saturday. We'll talk New Albany. Jeff will get Josh's read on that rivalry game as well. Stay with us. You're listening to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Wednesday show. Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, at Josh Cook NT on Twitter. A great follow. I guess I should say X, Josh, instead of Twitter. A great follow on social media. Glad to have you with us today. Let's start our conversation with the uh, Providence boys basketball team. They won the Silver Creek Holiday Tournament last week. They uh, doubled down on that with a big road win over potential sectional foe Southwestern Hanover last night. Providence, as we enter the new year, they are grinding it out, finding a way to win, and turning heads here in southern Indiana. Yeah, definitely on a roll. They've won, uh, what, nine nine in a row since that first loss to uh, the Brownstown in the season opener. So, yeah, the Pioneers are... uh, they're definitely rolling. Sounds like they got a tough test on Saturday night, though. Uh, they got well, they, you know, obviously they play Clarksville on Friday night. That's always a you know a rivalry game, so that stuff. Then they got uh, Indianapolis Cathedral on Saturday, so that'll be a tough one too. But but yeah, Providence is uh, it got it got it working and got it going. You know, you just you you hope that uh, once it comes sectional time, that that Providence Brownstown potential uh, rematch is in the sectional final and not not in the first round game or. Uh, you know, semifinal or something like that, because it definitely looks like, you know, those those are the those are the two best teams in uh, in that sectional, if not the state. You know, as far as that goes. So that, you know, last year I thought whoever won that game would uh, would have a chance to win the state, and Brownstown didn't quite get there. But uh, you know, really this year I, I think that could be the case again. Josh Cook, sports editor, News and Tribune. I agree with you. And- uh, may need to find a way to be in that gym if and when that matchup happens in the 2A sectional coming up uh, when we get to late February and early March. And I'm like you, uh, I hope 
every year when we have a good regular season game or a rival matchup uh, or potential for one that it shakes out where it when the pairings come out. I know it's crazy to talk about pairings, but for the girls' tournament, we're going to be doing that here some weeks down the line. But I sure hope, like you mentioned, Josh, that it's not a first-round 6 p.m. Tuesday game uh, at Southwestern. I hope it's a big championship game that uh, gives it the attention and the attendance and everything that a matchup, a rematch like that would deserve. Yeah, yeah, and, and we're talking about pairings. Heck, we'll have the girls girls parents here before too long you know the girls turn must be starting at the end of this month so we got that to look forward to absolutely uh you mentioned cathedral coming to town for providence on saturday of course town championship game is a rivalry game on friday night and levi carmichael's has the generals playing solid basketball so that will be interesting but ryan miller has went out of his way to challenge his program it seems more and more each year and cathedral big 4a school from indianapolis that's won some state championships and had some outstanding college prospects uh the last number of seasons including some this year uh he's showing they're they're not afraid to take on all challengers yeah and you know he he looks at it like uh well i believe he does anyway you know all these games prepare you for the for the postseason and uh you know you're not going to find too many teams or, or probably any teams in 2A with the, with the size or athleticism that uh, Cathedral's going to have. And I, th- I think Cathedral's still undefeated. So that, you know, that'll be a, that'll be a huge game coming at the, coming up at the Larkin Center on, uh, on Saturday night. And, you know, I think, uh, I think Sharon Wilkerson, uh, Jeff has the same philosophy, you know, just to play as many tough teams and tough games uh, as you can uh, ahead of the, in the regular season. And I hope that that prepares you for the postseason and, uh, and your team making a deep run. You know, it's the old uh, uh, Denny Crum philosophy, too. I think that was Denny Crum's philosophy. Is, uh, he was coaching Louisville, too. They played, you know, uh, whoever, whenever, wherever. So uh, I think those, both Providence and Jeff are, are trying to do that in the hopes that that'll ready them for a, for a deep postseason run. So we'll see if that happens this year. Hopefully it does. And right after the uh, Cathedral game on January 6th, this Saturday, the very next weekend, the next Friday, Providence plays at Jeffersonville. And you talk about Providence and their schedule being tougher this year, there's no question, but the Jeffersonville schedule, Josh, and I've been around high school basketball for a lot of years. I know New Albany had some real challenges when Romeo Langford especially was playing, but this Jeff schedule this year, these two tournaments, one before, one after the Christmas holiday, plus adding Brownstown and all the normal regular season matchups. I think Center Grove, new to that schedule for the Red Devils. Ballard, always a great game that's been on there now for a handful of years and on and off historically over the years. Jeff's schedule is just crazy. Yeah, it is. It is. And, uh, uh, Patrick Murphy, our new guy, our new writer, he, he did a little story on uh, Jeff playing an attorney uh, tournaments over the holiday season. And their, uh, you know, their schedule uh, is I think it's rated third in the state by uh, staggering rating. So, yeah, it's really tough. And you mentioned you mentioned they got uh, you know tough. They got a big weekend ahead. You know, at New Albany on Friday night, and I think it's Brownstown on Saturday night. That is a that's a way of a weekend. It, it doesn't uh, it doesn't keep getting any easier for Jeff. That's for sure. But uh, you know, it, it'll sure it'll still you know tell us a lot about uh, the Red Devils this weekend. Uh, you know, obviously, I think Jeff is would probably be the favorite in that game against New Albany and I would I'd be surprised if, if Jeff did not win. But, you know, they're uh, they got they got plenty of talent, but Jason Jones is doing a good job at New Albany, so I believe that'll be a competitive game. And then Saturday night you uh, you just wonder if uh, 
if uh, Benter's going to play in that game. You know, he didn't play in the Hall of Fame, so I wonder if he's uh, still going to sit out uh, when they play the Red Devils. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But you know, even if uh, even if Benter doesn't play out, you know, you can still see that Brownstown's the team to be reckoned with. So you know, that'll be a, that'll be an interesting game too, and you know, just definitely one to watch this weekend. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Want to talk a little bit of girls basketball coming out of the holiday break. I know Providence, their girls team, also won a holiday tournament. I think it was up north or around Indianapolis. And some other teams had some very unique games, opportunity over the holidays to get out, play people that you normally wouldn't see in regular season or have a chance to make that road trip during the, the school week. But you can do so when school is out. Uh, girls basketballs, we head down the final stretch, as crazy as that sounds, of the regular season. Um, it'll be here. The, the brackets will, at least, before you know it. Where did things stand with some of our locals? Yeah, I mean, it looks uh, the, the best team in uh... – our area is, is uh, in Clark and Floyd County, at least, is, uh, you know, could be Borden in Class A, and, and Borden again, you know, kind of like that Providence-Brownstown thing. They, Borden plays in the same sectional as defending state champion Lanesville, so, you know, that uh, whoever comes out of that sectional, it, uh, you know, I, I believe will have a, have a good shot to win the state championship, but, uh, you know, it's another, it's again, it's the same thing. You, you hope that... Uh, Ford and Lanesville end up playing in the championship game and not in a first-round game or a semifinal game or something like that. But, but uh, that is really setting up to be a, uh, you know, a, a great uh, a Titanic showdown. You know, it was a, a great crowd at Ford uh, earlier this season on a Thursday night for that game, and Lanesville won by a couple points. So, uh, you know, it, it should be a, hopefully, a, hopefully a great rematch in the postseason. And, yeah, you mentioned Providence won a holiday tournament too. Brad Burton's got a also, like, like Borden, he's got a young team, uh, but uh, you know they, they played well, and they're uh, you know that was a big big tournament win for them. And then you know they're uh, they've they've got a bunch of young talent too with the Smith girls and uh, uh, some some of the other young players that they have. But they're uh, they're playing well too. They're ranked this week. I think they're number nine in the coaches' poll. So congrats to them. And uh, you know I, I think they're another team to watch in uh, in two A sectionals. I think those will be you know two teams to watch. And then obviously Silver Creek is. Uh, you know, they only lost by three points to uh, or two or three at Bedford North Lawrence. So you look at that sectional, and, and that is going to be, uh, I believe it's at Floyd Central this year. So that'll be a whale of a sectional too. You know, Silver Creek in the in the 4A sectional this year. So, and I mentioned Floyd Central, and Floyd Central plays. Uh, uh, they host Lingsville tomorrow night. So that'll be, I think that'll be a really competitive game. Floyd Central's had some big wins this year too. So, you know, they beat Silver Creek actually earlier this year. So that'll be interesting to see if uh, Highlanders can and uh, give, the, give the Eagles game, if not beat the Eagles on Thursday night. All right, Josh Cook, Sports Editor, News and Tribune. Josh, keep up the great work. Happy New Year, and uh, we'll see you uh, this weekend at a ball game. Sounds good, Matt. Same to you. Thanks a lot. Have a great week. All right, Josh Cook with us on Wednesdays as we put the attention, the focus on local sports throughout the week here, in addition to all of our coverage of IU basketball, football, and uh, sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Have a great Wednesday. No show Thursday. I've got a conflict with work, but we will be back on Friday. And we've got New Albany and Jeff coming up Friday night as well. 7-10 pregame here on the Big X. Have a great Wednesday. This is the Hoosier Report with Pat Dennison. Mm-hmm.